You're listening to the Overfunctioning Leadership Podcast, learning leadership concepts through life experience. Hello, friends, to another podcast brought to you by Overfunctioning Leadership. I'm Alex. I'm John. And I'm Zach. And we are in the thick of summer, and uh, this is actually the 28th episode. So, John, 28. What does that make you think of? What player? Uh, it, it reminds me of my junior high basketball number. So I was two numbers. My home number was 21, and my away number was 28. And if you were had a good seat by the bench, you saw both of those numbers. <laughs> well, well, I don't understand. You had two different numbers? Why is that junior, possible? It was Magador Junior High Basketball, so you just got... <laughs> Whatever numbers were left over, oh, they just kind of handed you. Oh, because you had two different colored jerseys. Yeah, green I and white. see what you're sure. saying. Yeah, yeah. sorry, that makes sense. Well, okay, so this is the John Moyer <laughs> away jersey, Magador yes. Junior, Junior High Basketball, Junior High Basketball. Yeah, that's jersey. right. That's the episode. I actually, um, this episode is actually going to be about how do we see leaders in TV and film media, and how does that affect society? We actually had an email that came in. And so we're excited to be able to talk about those things. Um, but before we get there, recap time of how to give good advice. Zach, how do we give good advice? Oh, man. Oh, man. Basically, you just need to find people who need to hear what you have to say and then tell them. Isn't that right, John? Oh, they just love to be <laughs> pursued that way and told when they thought they were living right, actually they're living wrong. And you're the one to actually... Bring that to them. They just go running away screaming. I mean, I don't know about you, Alex, but I love nothing more than being told I'm doing it wrong or there's a better way to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, so you can tell from our tone that we're giving you the opposite example of how to give good advice. And from our observation and even the theory, Bowen theory, the, the phrase, it's hard to influence somebody if they're running away from you. And so... When people come and ask for advice or ask for your thoughts and perspectives, that's probably the best time to share some ideas. Yeah, so don't really give good advice, but you can give good questions. <laughs> yes, and, yeah. and the thought of the, the answer to the dilemma actually resides inside of you, so those good questions can help another discover that for themselves. Yeah, and then I've heard you say this several times, John, of, when it's come to a point where you're like, I, I've asked several questions now and there's nothing going on. And somebody might ask you, well, I really want to know what you have to say. And then you have said, you say this, am I, am I free to speak openly? Yeah. But yeah. The phrase is, do I have permission to speak freely? Yeah. That's and what I is. usually wait for an uncomfortable, awkward silence. <laughs> and they usually, I've never had anyone say no. So they say yes. And then you can go ahead and then you got the permission to you really, do. you know, lay the smack down. I mean, they say that there's no better way to make someone think that you're close or you're friendly than to ask them to do a favor for you. So mm -hmm. why not ask them to do you the favor of letting you give them advice? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so it's a good listen. I know that a lot of us have been in that position where we're giving advice and it's, it can be one of those things that can be really hard to actually get out of, um, especially if you're stuck in that role within a system of giving advice. It can be very difficult because you feel like you're helping somebody, but then they become dependent upon you. So 
It's very difficult. So, okay, well, I believe it is fable time. So go ahead, it, since it's summer, go ahead, take out your flavor ice or fun pops, which we all love during the summer. And um, actually, I have a fable since we're talking about media stuff. Um, I was watching a couple of shows, uh, you know, prepare for this podcast um, that had some elements of Bowen family, uh, family systems theory, which is, you know, favorite things to talk about. One being uh, Seinfeld, which is a classic show in which uh, Elaine, Jerry, and George are all going to go to a movie, but then Jerry couldn't go because he had to watch this dog that was in his apartment. So uh, Elaine and George go, and like they go see the movie, no big deal, and then they go to eat, and they're just sitting there like talking about... Literally, I know the show is about nothing, but this was like the discussion was... Like, I bought new pants today. Oh. Like, that was the discussion. Oh, I saw, you know, uh, a different movie. Like, it was the lamest discussion. They had nothing to talk about until they started talking about... Jerry. Jerry, yeah. So, this is classic triangling. Um, and so, we talked about this a lot of where, you know, um, if you can start focusing about something else, a topic, a person, then you can, you know... They're talking, you can grow closer together. It was actually funny because later in the show, they started bringing up things they already talked about with Jerry. <laughs> it soured there, <laughs> like their relationship. Like, they had George asked, like, have you seen him throw up? And she was like, Elaine was like, yeah, we already talked about that. So that was kind of funny. Um, anyways, another one, though, that I found even more interesting, and I don't know if this is still on, uh, it has Pam from The Office in it. What's her name? Do you know her name? Um, Pam Beasley. Yes, Pam Beasley. There we go. Yeah. Anyways, so she's in a show. Jenna Fisher. There we go. There we go. From uh, with another guy, and it's called um, Splitting Up Together, in which these this couple got divorced but are still living together with their children, right? With their children, and so in the episode that I watched because I was just bored, um, the kids go off to camp because it's summertime. And, like, she's living in the garage. They must switch between the garage and the house. I don't know how this works, sleeping arrangements. But they're not sleeping in the same house. Um, so they're, like, throwing par- they're throwing this party. And, like, he's like, are you going to bring that guy that you, like, slept with or something? I'm sorry. You know, language here. But, um, <laughs> and, like, because he was, like, because they're not together anymore. And then she was like, are you going to bring that girl you've been dating? And, like, so it was, it was just this open discussion of, like, them, you know dating other people and as the episode went on because they had separate selves and they weren't dependent upon one another guess what happens i don't know tell me what happened alex (laughs) um well they started liking each other again because they were actually separate selves and so it was just kind of funny because bowen family system theory bowen would suggest that if you start to work on yourself and you become a separate self from other people and you stop thinking about that person even then you become more attracted to that other person and so because of their own lives having their own lives and doing their own things they became more attractive to one another which is probably what attracted them in the first place so anyways it was just kind of funny watching that and i'm like this is just so classic bowen so it's crazy how in tv specifically sitcoms 99% of the premises are built around triangles that end up in some sort of miscommunication or ironic situation that 
you would hope wouldn't happen in real life because, oh, we're smarter and better than that. <laughs> but really, it's just built around all these faux pas that we do all the time instinctively. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time I went to training in Bowen Theory after the first day thinking, this is how people operate in sitcoms or you name the, the, the television show is about people interacting with one another, which is what Bowen theory talks about, about how systems have some natural common components. Doesn't matter. Culture, time or situation can look different, but the undergirding principles, triangling pursuit and distance is the same. Yeah. So that should lead us into our first question. I say we tackle this one first. How do we see leaders in TV and uh, film media? So when it comes to TV and it comes to film, how do you guys see uh, leadership? Uh, do we want to give a shout out to our listener who asked these questions? Yeah. Um, you just got to give me a second here. Because... Yeah, pull up the email because, <laughs> you know, we love our listener feedback. Abby's her name. Oh, it's Abby. Is it Abby? Yeah, Abby's the person's <laughs> name. <laughs> I remember her email. I read it several times. Okay, so yeah. I apologize, Abby, for not having your name at the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And then we whispered it around the table. <laughs> you big dummy. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yes, thank you, Abby. Um, so she actually suggests we watch Dances with Wolves. Which will be definitely one of our next examers when Alex frees up his very, very busy schedule. Yeah, except for, you know, I can't watch shows that or movies that have any girly intentions to it. So or dancing. Dances. I have yeah. to get away from the Thank dancing. Thank you, Abby, I have to get for clarifying that. that there wasn't an extraordinary amount of dancing in the movie. <laughs> we appreciate that because we were confused. Although, I wanted to see wolves dancing. <laughs> Uh, anyways, okay, so when it comes to leadership within media, what, what have you guys seen? Have you seen any trends? What do you think? I mean, if first and foremost, we're talking about how leadership is portrayed, portrayed mm-hmm. through the news and that form of media. Um, often, you're just looking for those sound bites that either are really, really agreeable if you're on their side or things that are very very bad but they're very much sound bites they're not like this is the process that the person's going through they're not like in-depth things it's this is the little insight that i'm showing you to either incite your support or incite an emotional reaction from you against this person yeah i think related to that what we see in in that context is then a quick judgment a snap judgment of for and against with with just this little like you said, a small soundbite as opposed to a, a longer view. But I think we all agree that we live in a highly anxious society now. And one of the components of that is small sound bites and then quick judgment for or against. Hmm. Yeah, and that's called hurting. And so that's a major theme of high, highly anxious societies or systems in which for or against, it's it. There's no gray area. The scale has been broken. Another interesting thing that I'm recalling is I was reading once about how I believe it was Britain, their election system works as compared to ours for our president specifically, but also other, you know, um, offices and whatnot. And they talked about how it's astonishing to them being, I believe, the Brits, (laughs) that we put the family of the person under such scrutiny as well, that we look at Trump, 
but we also look at his relationship with um, hmm. Melanie or whatever her name is. Melania. Melania, you know, I prefer the American pronunciation. <laughs> um, and just we, we look at these and we actually analyze the people surrounding them and we actually put them under the spotlight too. And I remember reading that they found that astonishing to some degree because when someone runs for office, wherever this article was written, they were – they put the person and their character alone under the spotlight to determine if their abilities were able to meet the criteria for office. And I thought that was interesting that we go to such a degree to use their the people surrounding them in their lives to such a degree and in influencing how we perceive their character. Hmm. Interesting. Well, when it comes to TV and film, yeah, where TV are you guys at with that? Yeah, I had uh, I just wrote down a few items. And it kind of depends on what the show is. You know, we were talking about Arrested Development and, <laughs> you know, who's the leader in, and I would say the leader in Arrested Development is Michael. That would be my thought. In the midst of a lot of no-selves, there's a lot of no-selves in Arrested Development. But I, I said typically in, a, in, the, in the media, a, a leader is considered to be decisive, uh, willing to go it alone. Oftentimes has troubled relationships. There seems to be mm. a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a an inverse relationship between decisiveness and difficult relationships. And I, I was so, interested in that. So, so, yeah, yeah. Talk about that then. So, well, it, it seems to me that the go it alone, follow me, um, even sometimes hasty decision, and maybe this is part of the drama piece that that because we come we were interested in, in in relationships, but oftentimes have conflictual family relationships, either divorced or split. Um, hmm. And it's almost like you don't you don't see many examples of people who are very decisive and lead with conviction, and also have relatively harmonious and good family relationships. I don't see many examples of that. Do you think that's because um, we value work so much in the U.S.? I mean, we value, like, career? I, you know, I'm just trying to figure out why that is. Because, you know, I, I guess mm. all the family shows... That, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the family shows, you know, where we have, like, a, a you know, the, the leaders of the family. And there's not many shows. That, I mean, I just literally just talked about a show about... <laughs> A couple that split up and then kept their kids at the house. You know, like, so we got weird kind of stuff. Well, um, it's interesting. I, I didn't realize what you were saying at first, that we're so focused on work that we're not focused on family. Is yeah. that what you were saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I also think another side of it is um, what are we trying to do inherently with film? We're trying to make the character um, attractive and some someone that you can empathize with to some degree. You want to say, like, I feel bad for this. I pity this character. Or you want something that draws you in and ties you emotionally. And then after that, you know, they want your viewership. Mm -hmm. Well, Alex, you and I talked about, I forget what movie it was watching. I think it was for a Zammer. But we were talking about how if we watched a movie with the perfect leader, someone who was non-reactive, someone who was very stable in both the way that they treated their family and the people they led and all this, it would just not be an interesting movie because there's just no, it would be hard to draw in that emotional side of things. Well, if it was just them, if they it were the main just character. just them, yeah. 
Yeah, I think if they were the guide, it would be pretty great. You know, like all the guides of of films that I really like is the guide is always that stable character guiding the other, the main character who's a mess. Do you want to explain what you mean by the guide real quick for those who haven't okay. seen our Zammers? So, um, there is classic in film and TV, not as much. I mean, Arrested Development, nothing happens. Usually that's with TV, typically, like, there shouldn't be. There's not like a story that moves on for, for a long time. Usually they don't want to do that because then the TV show will end. So they really want the TV show to keep going. So take like a law and order. They just, it's the same show basically over and over again, just different, you know, crimes. But, you know, the characters, you don't really care about the characters, you care about the crimes and whatever. Um, but within movies, you want the character, the main character to change through the film. Otherwise, it's usually not a very good film. Um, because you don't care. First off, you have to care about the character, and then they have to change. Well, usually there's a, a, a person within the film who's called the guide who gives advice um, or asks really hard questions um, to guide that character to where they need to go to change in the film. So I find myself usually watching those shows and being like, oh, I really admire the guide. You know, It's fun to see the character change, um, but usually it's the guide that, that does that. And so the guide would be our leader in the in the film i would say um but if they had no guide within the film then then <laughs> it's really hard to change the character um so it, it's yeah so as far as film goes um yeah those are my thoughts yeah, yeah i'm thinking of the human element of it so when you talk about the guide who helps shape and mold the 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 well, the star of the show or the movie and you're in the context we like to see someone who is has flaws and overcomes those flaws oh, yeah, and, and, and you know gets better or, or you know triumphs over those type of things um so i'm wondering if when you say if you saw a movie about someone who was like you said calm and and you know exhibited good leadership characters if just simply the film wasn't deep enough in other words the the person that they're portraying they didn't allow them to actually see their humanity which we all have hmm. Hmm. So, so in other words you know you say well the perfect leader well that doesn't exist so let's drill down deeper and show parts of their life that maybe they don't want people to know about so you can really see that human element that everyone can identify with so <laughs> thinking this room, i'm thinking about like shows or movies that i've seen where i've been like well that wasn't very good and like are we talking about like family friendly stuff then i mean when i think about like tv shows or movies i was like well that was lame usually it's like somewhere within like the christian realm where there's some show or like you know some old stuff where you're like oh my gosh this what they broke their you know nail and they cursed and oh boy Oh boy. You know, like, or I got frustrated with like Full House sometimes because it was like way too much cheese. It was yeah. like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Would like, you like some cheese with your cheese? They have like, they have like the perfect family, and you're like, oh, why am I watching this? Maybe because it was so family friendly where like nothing really bad would happen. But now, I mean, can you even think of, I can't even think of a Full House type show that's on TV that. You know, I guess maybe I watched the Goldbergs every once in a while. Yeah, there's a lot of screaming in that show. I mean, there's a lot of family dynamics in there where each person has a role that has positives and negatives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Murray's always yelling, but sometimes (laughs) he'll, he'll reach deep down and show you his emotional side. Yeah. So 
And there's always like nuggets of truth. Anyways, I don't know. I was just thinking through that. Um, but yeah, there is definitely something to showing that, that. I mean, the characters themselves within the shows have to have some flaws for you to even care about what the, what's going on with them. But it is interesting, you know, if we're going to talk about the effects of that leadership, of showing that leadership on in the media and in the effects on society, could be interesting. Um, before we get there, though, do, any other thoughts about what you've seen? I have some more. Well, I just was thinking of, okay, so what are the highest rated TV shows or the highest rated movies? And then the the next question is, what do they have in common? Mm-hmm. What makes them something that people want to keep coming back to again and again? And I'll be I have not seen the show This Is Us at all, hmm. but I I think This Is Us is, has some parallels to Parent Parenthood, which I did see all those episodes, and it talks about the real life struggles of people and. And I think people can identify with that because in their own life, they see those same characteristics. Hmm. So have you seen any of those? This is us or I've seen uh, about half a season, a season of this is us. And I've seen a couple episodes of parenthood. Okay. Are the leaders flawed? Oh, for sure. Um, it, it's about real life relatable situations that they're trying to help you resolve. This is us is a little bit more dramatized. I know that parenthood was much more like these are a bunch of broken parents who are raising different stages of kids. This one's dealing with autistic children. This, this kid, this parent's dealing with the rebellious teenager, you know, this one's dealing with marital issues, all that Mm -hmm. fun stuff. This is us was a little more dramatized, but um, I mean, it all comes down to relatability. You really don't see leaders portrayed dis- exclusively as leaders because that's not as relatable. Most people don't view themselves as being in a purely mm. leadership position. Interesting. So what you're telling me is that, I mean, that would, I mean, this kind of goes back to the discussion you were having is that like, would that be boring to watch? Or I, I, I don't know. Some of the leaders I was thinking of some of the leaders I've I've written down here. I remember watching House and like Lie to Me and there's there are um sh- not is it Sherlock right? Mm-hmm. No 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 Elementary Elementary. But although Sherlock was like an actual TV show. Right. Anyways, all very odd characters who were very out of place. Very eccentric. Very eccentric. Very different. There might be something to be said about that as well. Um, now House he was a big jerk, but. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, so question is, were they task oriented or were they relationship oriented? Mm-hmm. So were they good at tasks and accomplishing work and, or were they good at relationships? Cause it's hard to be good at both. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, of the eccentric ones, let's see this was Sherlock Holmes was task oriented and struggled right. with relationships house the exact same way. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a show on TV called Bull now, and he's more relational. Um, and he, but he's eccentric. He's weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I was just trying to think of that way too, because I, I'm just trying to think if if you were watching a show that's trying to entertain you, you'd really want a leader that's. If we're looking at true leadership, and we know leaders tend to be alone a lot of times. If you if you're a true leader and you're standing up and you're standing out. You're not going to be like other people. So 
um, I don't know, because you have those shows that are like that where you have like one character who's really... Yeah. But he's I, not really relatable, but you find him interesting because he does weird stuff. I'm thinking about the two things that are popping into my head right now is the way leadership is portrayed in The West Wing, if anyone's seen that. I have seen and all the episodes. And then the way leadership is portrayed in The Office, right, as sort of like stark contrasts. In The West Wing, you have Charles Bartlett. I think that's his first name, Charles. Uh, his name is Josiah Bartlett. Josiah Bartlett. Um Oh, Charlie Sheen. That's why I was thinking of it. Charlie Sheen's dad plays. That's right. Anyway, uh, President Bartlett is just a very, like, stoic character. You see some of his flaws. You see the way that he processes his personal emotions. I'm thinking of the episode where he's shouting at God in the cathedral. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he lights a cigarette, takes a, a puff, and then puts it out on the floor, just sort of like a, like, fight, like, pushing back at God. And mm-hmm. that was a very, like, raw emotional scene where you see him processing. But outside of that, you see him dealing with these struggles, um, whether they're his physical issues where, I forget which ailment it was that he deals with later on. Uh, he's got multiple sclerosis. Yeah, so he's dealing with MS later on. Thanks, John. You're really supporting me. I yeah. know them all. <laughs> what a great leader. But, he, uh, I mean, what do you think um, Bartlett portrays in leadership? Yeah, I mean, I... Definitely people-oriented. Yeah, he's people-oriented, he's whip-smart, passionate, but also... So, you know, one of the hallmarks of a good leader is they have a sense of conviction, but they also are open to other perspectives. So I can think about the interaction between uh, President Bartlett and Leo, the chief of staff, and how Leo will talk him down from the ledge, and the president is open to... That even in the midst of heightened emotion, he is open to the views of others, and that kind of helps to to calm him down and allow him to think a little bit more clearly and think less emotionally. Not, so, not only is he open to Leo, his chief of staff, but he's also open with how he's feeling and thinking mm-hmm. too, which is also interesting. And then, so we have Charles Bartlett on one side, a very, very Josiah. Yeah, Josiah Bartlett, Charlie Sheen's dad. We have Charlie Sheen's dad on one hand. And then on the other hand, we have Michael Scott, right? And I think that's – everyone has seen The Office or at least some part of it or they've seen a clip or something. But when you think about uh, Michael Scott, if you were to boil it down to one characteristic, what would it be? I would boil it down to he cares what other people think of him and that's what drives his actions. Yeah, I, I, my first thought, even comparing it to the West Wing character, of he's very simplistic. He's very cause and effect, very very simplistic. Yeah. Now, my question is this: Is it the theme of the move, the show that made those leaders the way they were? So, like, <clears throat> we're talking about West Wing. We're talking about the president. You want the president to be like that, right? Right. Right. Yeah, you, and then <clears throat> you want a relatable president that you can see the struggles of that position of leadership. Well, especially where we're at now, when we have, there's a lot of turmoil with the the current president, and even if, regardless if it was going to be Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, I, I'm willing to bet that you'd probably have more shows that were going to be about presidents who are really awesome, because people need to see that, and they, they're not seeing that currently. You know, I'm trying to think. There's another one with who's um. Jack Bauer, he's in a, another one where he's a president. Yeah, that's called uh, Designated Survivor. Yeah, yeah, and he's like this like amazing, of course, you know, because he's Jack Bauer. <laughs> no, we know he's not really Jack Bauer, but he really is in the show. You know, I just wonder if that stems from that, too. And then the office is like, you know, you have some office manager who, you know, 
I can talk to a bunch of people who work in an office and it's always kind of weird, you know, like, so I just wonder if it has to do with that. Yeah. And uh, since you mentioned that, I would say that, and tell, I want to hear if you guys disagree with this or agree. I think that it boils down to failed leadership has to be funny or have someone succeed as the leader and successful leaderships are about process and um, grit and just pushing through and leadership, like relational leadership, like though when the story um, pertains to a good leader, right, it always ends up successful in, in the majority of cases. And when failed leadership is a part of the story, someone is either succeeding that leader or the 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 responses of those leaders' choices and succeeding them as leader or the leadership has to be funny. The failed leadership has to be funny. Yeah, I was just thinking of imagining the office and if the the writers took the episode this way where Michael went to leadership training <laughs> and that would be funny because he would be so bad at it and do stupid answers. But what would ha- what would the show look like if he went to leadership training and really changed as a leader and became inspirational in the office? Would people still watch it, or would they be like, "I don't like this"? It would be at the last episode. That's what, it would have to be like the final episodes where he actually changed, it. and people would love it. Can you imagine if that was the last couple episodes? People would be like, "I really like Michael as this character," but like. There would be I know I know I would like it because he drove me crazy watching the show, and I'd be like, oh, he's finally changing right at the end. I feel better about myself, and I can move on with the show. Um, it kind of irritates me, and I don't know if you remember the last episode of Seinfeld. Like nothing, literally nothing happened in the last episode, and I was like, well, that was stupid. You know what I mean? So like it's it's funny how they end different TV shows because sometimes nothing will happen, but I find that it's kind of like a movie. At the end of it, you want to like know that. Something can be taken away from it where the characters change somehow. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Well, so, I, you know, the TV show is clearly driving what type of leader it is. If we look at families, though, because this is really what it comes down, boils down to with Bowen. As far as the TV shows you've watched that have families in them, I was trying to think of, we talked about This Is Us and Parenthood, those very humble people. And then if we look at more popular ones, too, is like Seinfeld, uh, not Seinfeld, um, Simpsons, like you have doofus dad leader, you know, like not really any clear leadership there um, or the leadership that they portray there, whether it's in Arrested Development or um, also Blackish um, is another show that I watch quite a bit of. The leadership as far as like within the fa- – Blackish is very humble and like they're trying to figure things out. But even in there, like the, their bosses at like – you know, where they work are complete power-hungry like idiots. Like it's it's very interesting how, you know, within business, it's power-hungry. People really work really hard. They're really good at their tasks, but they're not really good with people. Um, and then at home, those home shows, usually there's some like – humbleness in there and they're trying to like work it out um and maybe that's maybe it's all just dependent upon what genre the show is right um the the thought that struck me was how often do we see even in the non-family shows them trying to force people into family roles even in community specifically it made me laugh because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make, I mean, and this is a sitcom type thing, but they want to make people into a 
in a junked secondary family. You look at friends, and even though they all end up pairing off at the end, right? Some Monica is still in like that motherly role for a lot of the time. You still have fatherly type situations. They they still try and force it back, and that's that's something that mm. we're constantly trying to seek out, even in our own lives. Is um, we put things in relation to what we've experienced before, and so the biggest and most important relationships in our lives are family members, right? Hmm. The way we've been mothered, the way we've been fathered. And so we put a lot of that in context to our current relationships, especially hierarchical ones where we're looking at how people mentor us or how people, how often do you see someone in a mentorship role in family, in television, also taking on some sort of fatherly responsibilities in the, non-professional side of things interesting yeah i can definitely see that now as i look at different tv shows and them taking different roles and john we talked about this in another podcast where you said something along the lines and you have to remind us but where if you get in your your friend groups people start taking on roles that are based off of your family right yeah the the one of the elements of you know, in a particular family, people have different roles that they play. And, and then when they find themselves in a new system, then sometimes they find themselves cast in those same roles. So if they're the one that in the family was the, the, the focus of the anxiety and maybe even the troubled one in the family, oftentimes in the workplace, they'll be that take on that same role as the troubled one. Um, and so it's not, necessarily predestined that way but we tend to go into roles that we're comfortable with even if objectively speaking we may not particularly like that role that's called the family projection process Mm -hmm. right that's Mm -hmm. one of the tenets of bones theory right that's right yeah Yeah. so um we should probably answer this question of how do you think it affects society do you think the media of tv and film affects the society when it comes to leadership well i I'm, you know, I'll just speak as I see it. I, one of the interesting things to me is how President Trump got elected. And so I teach government and politics, and so I'm interested in this. And um, it's my belief that 20 years ago, uh, a person exhibiting his characteristics would have never got elected. So what happened, and where are we at as a society that an individual that, in my view, exhibits almost the antithesis of good leadership was elected as president in our country. And I know there's some economic factors and populist sentiment and all of that, (laughs) which is important to to pay attention to. But I'm just talking about from a leadership standpoint. And so that's the question I'm, I'm interested in is how a person who does not, in my view, exhibit leadership in in solid ways gets elected in a country and that's an important question i think to ask hmm. so do you think that the film and tv media has you know done something about that or led a certain way yeah i'd hate to put causation to it but, yeah but there's something going on maybe not causation but because of the the change of society you imagine that the tv and film industry would also change with the society if it's trying to maintain the homeostasis of the society itself, wouldn't TV and film be similar? So, I mean, we were just talking about, let's, let's go with Full House. 
I don't think a TV show like that would probably work nowadays. Yeah. Well, yeah, TV and film get, you know, go by ratings. And so they give the people what they want, if you will. Yeah. And I would say President Trump gave a sizable part of the population, a decent size, what they want. And so what's the parallel between the two of those is my question. One way I'm trying to frame this is when we look at leadership in media that is not focused on the leader, right? So you're looking at someone who is being led in some capacity. I, I'm imagining, I'm trying to find in my head where this is supported and where it's not, but I want to say that leadership can be idealized such that we want a of guide. We we are looking for that person who mm-hmm. we're not seeing the emotional side of things, who we're not looking for the brokenness or that because that's not the center of the story. The center of the story is us and our relationship to that. And so in that idealization, we are looking for someone to make decisions for us, to guide us, to help us find that inner realization that makes things click. And when This is just a potential explanation that I'm sure can be easily disproven. But you look at Trump, and I want to say that one of his primary characteristics is his opinionated nature, right? And that is looked at as decisiveness. He is very quick to decide what and how he's going to respond. And in a political um, system in which It's actually trying to work against that, where we want things to move slowly, where we want decisions to be informed and to be considered from all rational sides, and where we want the population to have some sort of voice into that, where it's not a single voice making all of these rash decisions. That could be seen as a desirable change because where we look at Obama and we look at Bush and we look at all these slow-moving changes where it's very easy to look at them in a negative light. We see someone who's finally going to make some quick, fast, big, good changes, and you should listen to me and follow me because we're going to make America better. Yeah. Yeah, I and, you know, we've talked about this before. I'm not sure. You know, I, I don't really – I don't think we can blame the TV or film industry for what they're trying to do here. I mean they're just following the, the tides of what's going on. And if they were trying to put out something that truly was going to be, you know, somehow being a guide for the society, I don't think it would probably do very well whatsoever. Yeah, I, I just think about – and I'm not, I'm not a film or TV person, but – I don't think they sit around and think about what shows do I want to, sh- what show do I want to produce? What message do I want to get across versus what's going to get a lot of advertisers and get a lot of ratings. Mm-hmm. So it's allowing the people to choose what's on the TV or on the movie versus this is what I want to produce. And I sure hope people like it. Mm-hmm. And unless you want to do like a documentary or something. But right. then that could be, even on that end, could be very <clears throat> pushy in some ways. So for like, this is what's right. I'm doing this documentary. And documentaries can even be finagled a little bit to show not the full story. It's kind of hard to take lines in media where you're trying to draw as many people in. And so you can't take those hard lines because you're isolating your audience. You're not 
drawing them in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, well, I think that's uh, pretty good here with our uh, whole media thing. So, are they affecting the leadership? Mm, I would say they're just riding with the homeostasis of where the society is and whatever sells is what's going to sell. Now, there is some artistic freedom of having you have Josiah What's-His-Face from West Wing, you know, in, in having shows that show good leadership. So I, I think of like, if you watch Blue Bloods, there's like clearly like good leadership on there. You know, like there's certain shows that are like that, but there's also within that same show is these different elements of, you know, people struggling and otherwise it wouldn't be very interesting to watch, I guess. So um, any final thoughts, gentlemen? I see Zach is looking beyond. and I just remember I was listening to Ravi Zacharias recently and he has this statement uh, he'll make occasionally where people get the leader that they deserve. So, and he qualifies that and he looks at China and he looks at Russia and he's like, like, I'm not saying that exactly. Like there's, there's sort of a limited way that you can do that with like dictatorships and that, but specifically in political climates where you elect the person, you get the leader you deserve. And I'm trying to see, I mean, that in itself needs evaluated as to whether or not it's valid, Mm -hmm. but I'm wondering if that flies over to the media portrayal as well do we portray the it it seems that we want to portray the leaders that we would want to be around or because Mm -hmm. we're choosing that through the votes of our viewership we talk about how our money is a vote you you, whoever you're giving your money to you are supporting to some degree and that concept pushes over to television every time you view something every time you buy a movie ticket you are voting for that to some degree for that genre for yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's why they have different genres especially for different age groups of people and so you know your younger generations are going to be watching more crazy party-ish type shows because that's the people they want to be around and so that's interesting i just was you know kind of close with that in an anxious system we turn to leaders that we think are going to solve our problems and um, you know, I look at China and, and uh, President Xi. I look at the re- recent election in Mexico of AMLO is the nickname, and then even Putin in Russia. And then our own president, where when there's anxious systems, we tend to turn to a savior to try to solve hmm. to try to solve things. And I think sometimes in the media, it's just like we have a show that we just detach from the reality, and we just want fun, you know. We don't mm-hmm. want Michael Scott to solve world hunger. We just want him to be funny and feckless, and we can laugh at him. Mm-hmm. Or we'll have shows where you have House, and you have these weird leaders who are exactly who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I believe that will wrap it up. Um, Rapidly wrap. Uh-huh, yeah. So uh, you can check us out on iTunes and Google Play and Simplecast. Where else? YouTube? Uh, Google, I believe, just released its own podcasting app, which is pulling over from Google Play. So if you formerly used Google Play, hey, check out the Google Podcast app because I bet you can find us in there, and obviously Mm -hmm. we support Google. And people could email us? People can email us at theofpodcast at gmail.com. That's (laughs) T-H-E-O-F-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. At gmail.com. Awesome. Um, well, as far as shout outs, we got Jetler. Thanks, Jetler. Uh, Jesse Huff. 
Uh, thank you so much for your mad sick beats at the beginning and end of mm-hmm. our podcast. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's about it, right? I think that's that, that'll wrap us up. Um, with that, I'm Alex. I'm John. And I'm Zach. And we'll catch you next time. Adios. See you around. Hey, Alicia, it's Zach here. And then Alex. And, um, yeah. We apologize for quoting that your name is Abby. We didn't feel it was right at the moment. We apologize. Your name is clearly Alicia and not Abby. And so thank you so much for asking your question. And we want to let you know that we appreciate it. And we will now especially watch Dancing with Wolves and review it. Yes, for sure. And also Alex lost his IWU (laughs) t-shirt. I did. R.I.P. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye.